We can become paralyzed by fear if we live in a state of what if. What if the customer doesn't pay their bills? What if my coworkers don't like my response? What if I make the wrong decision? What if, what if, what if? You're listening to Craig Ansell. I'm your host of the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. Welcome to episode 28, Worrying About What If. Before we get started, though, I wanted to let you know we're preparing to launch something really special at the end of the month. It's going to be a great complement to your Career Growth Made Easy toolkit. Especially in these pandemic times, times of uncertainty in the job market, it's great to have every weapon, every tool we can to get that edge up. To make sure you get the news first, I'm asking you to pause this episode right now and do two things. Number one, if you're a first-time listener, make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. Next. Connect with us through our email list at craigansell.com forward slash email. That's C-R-A-I-G-A-N-C-E-L dot com forward slash email. You can also see the show notes for the link. We use it to connect with you on a different level, also provide you with new podcast alerts, and give you advance notice of some of our new products or services that could become part of your toolkit to help you succeed. Okay, cool. Now, let's get back to the show. When Ryan Dice from Digital Marketer was interviewed, he talked about how businesses attempt to transform their customers' lives, how they try to move them from before state to an after state. These states relate to before the purchase and after. For the purpose of this podcast, let's change it up a bit. Rather than talk about customers, we're going to talk about you, the Career Growth Made Easy listener. Also, we're going to call these states the present state or the now and the future state. Imagine three columns titled Status, Before, and After. Each column has three entries underneath their title. The status column, first item, is have. The before column, not have, wandering. The after column, direction or plan. The second item under status is feel. The before column, fear, nervous, or stress. The after column, confident or calm. And the final status, your day. The before is worry and upset, and the after is peace. Let me repeat those in case you're taking notes. The status, have, before, not have, and wandering. After, direction, and plan. Status, feel, before, fear, nervous, stress. After, confident, and calm. Your day, worry or upset. And after, peace. It's a story about transformation, and in this case, it's moving you from a present state to a new future state. All that sounds great. 
going from one state, one set of conditions or feelings to a completely new set. Our future state having a plan, feeling confident, and our days being more peaceful. So, how do we do that, you might ask? How do we move from what if to this new state? It's a short process, but it does take some effort. In the book titled The One Thing, Gary W. Keller and Jay Papazan talk about what we suffer from most. It's prioritization. By the way, you might have recognized one of the author's names, Keller, Gary W. Keller. Yes, it's the same Gary Keller who is the co-founder and chairman of Keller Williams Realty, one of the world's largest real estate companies. So let's pause and take that in for a moment. Maybe there is something to this prioritization, this one thing after all. Back to the word prioritization. What comes to your mind when I say that? Okay, wow. If your heart just skipped a beat or you feel a headache coming on from the sudden overwhelm, you're not alone. Maybe you thought or said, what if? Maybe, how am I going to do that? Or, I can't, there's just so much. Take a deep breath. I'm here with you. I'm reaching through this podcast mic to give you a virtual pat on the back. Of course, I do have my face mask on. It's a lot more simplified than you think. We can turn this around and pose ourselves one key question. What is the one thing that you can do today that will make everything else tomorrow easier? I'd suggest starting out small, making one change, and see how it goes. From there, look at bigger changes. You might be wondering how to do that. Maybe you're asking if there's a better time in the day to do that. So prioritization can and should be about your time, of course, but also about your energy and effort. That's right. You could spend a short amount of time on something, but use an extreme amount of effort and thereby sabotage the rest of your day. Back in episode 23, I referenced something called decision fatigue. Did you know there are better parts of the day than others to make important decisions? Research has shown you should hold off from making certain decisions until you're in the best state. If you regularly operate in or recognize yourself going into a state of what if, your decision-making process could be stalled. That means your decisions get stacked up, and in order to offload them by the end of the day or the week, you might make rapid-fire decisions, potentially poor choices, to get them off your plate. By the way, that episode 23 was appropriately titled, Building Success Through Failure. If any of our great inventors had been fixated or focused on worrying about what if, I doubt we'd have electricity, the light bulb, or the fast networks and communication that we do today. Speaking about electricity, that made me think of inventor Nikola Tesla and today's modern world car company, Tesla, the electric car manufacturer. What if the modern car company, Tesla, stopped? early in their tracks and said, what if? What if it's too difficult? What if people won't buy an electric car? This episode is more about our emotional state than anything else. If we spend a majority of our time in worry mode or wrapped up in our emotions, we can become trapped. The great news? There are ways to get out of our emotional state and connect back to the logical side of our brains. 
I'll share on that in just a moment. And in episode 25, Give Yourself Permission, I shared this golden nugget. The ability to take action is based on the ability to make decisions. The ability to take action is based on the ability to make decisions. Action is what many businesses hire us for. Action is what gets things done. It rolls the ball forward. Unfortunately, there's something in business called analysis paralysis. Maybe you've heard the phrase. If not, let me explain. There's a situation at work and a decision has to be made. Think of it like a fork in the road, typically depicted as a branch off to the left and a branch off to the right. Now, in reality, there may be more than one option to choose from, and you always want to make the best choice, right? So the questions that come to mind, how many options do I have? How much time? How in-depth? And how much detail do I need to go into? Saying it differently, how much prioritization should I give each one? Meaning, how much time, energy, and effort? Each situation is different. And even if you run into the same situation again, the conditions might have changed even a little. Earlier, I mentioned I would share some ways to get out of our emotional state and back into our logical mind. Now, don't misunderstand. All human beings have an emotional side and logical side in our brains. It's really a matter of how much time we spend in each. If you ever found yourself nervously tapping your fingers, hand, or foot, maybe tapping a pen or pencil, or perhaps chewing on a pen or pencil, those can be signs that you're in your emotional side. These actions could represent fear, worry, or anxiety, which could result in delays or our inability to act to make a decision. In fact, that reminds me of a time when I interviewed at a Fortune 500 company. There were numerous suit-and-tie interviews from one-on-one to group settings. In one particular meeting, I sat across from approximately six interviewers. It was made up of managers, directors, and HR professionals, human resources, that is. After answering all of their questions, there was a significant period of silence, kind of like they were deliberating. Then, five out of the six concluded they were satisfied with the interview. However, that left one more person. He quickly and firmly said, I'm not. I didn't hear what I needed to. Great. That's what everybody wants to hear, right? Especially because he didn't give any lead-in or clues as to what was missing from his point of view. Apparently, at that comment, I started tapping my hand on the table. So with that, the sixth person looked at me strikingly, then, without a word, moved his focus to what I now recognized was my tapping hand. Nervous, he asked? I immediately stopped my nervous hand and responded in a confident voice, no. I made sure to watch for that again and not let it return. The interview proceeded and I provided more information, which then resolved his objection. Coaches, counselors, doctors, and even those on TV, in the movies, and on radio have used at least one of the following tips to help them move from emotional state to logical. Yes, I'm going to tell you what a couple of them are, but first, I'm going to see if you already know what one of them is without even realizing it. 
Have you ever seen a TV news show right before it goes live or a behind-the-scenes shot of a radio broadcast prior to starting? Do you remember what they typically do? They count down from 5 to 1, then the show starts on 0. 0 is typically silent as they motion to the host to start the show. That's where the action part comes in from. Lights, camera, action. So why do they count down? Why not ready, set, go? I mean, you're going on live TV or on the news. That's really important and exciting. Thousands, perhaps millions could tune in or watch you. It's more to do with science than cueing the actors or news anchors to begin on time. Our brains can't function in both our emotional side and logical side at the same time. So, by counting backwards, and that is key, counting backwards, we must use our logical side. As a result, we force our brains to shift into logic mode and thus away from emotional. This countdown helps prevent emotional hijackings and keeps us in our logical mind. If you noticed earlier, I said counting backwards is key. So why not just count from 1 to 5 or 1 to 10? Because from early on in our childhood, we learn numbers, how to count. First 1 to 5 or 1 to 10, then 1 to 20, 50, or 100. All the time we're reinforcing we know 1, 2, 3, etc. Eventually, our brains are so overprogrammed with counting that we can do it on autopilot. I'll give you an example of our brains on autopilot. I've had this discussion with many, including colleagues, friends, and those I've coached over the years. It's a pretty common occurrence. Have you ever driven to a familiar destination and not remembered what roads you took or how you got there? Kind of scary, isn't it? This is most likely to happen on routine journeys, those that you take often, such as to and from work, school, perhaps church, or regular event attendances. Let's look at it the opposite way. If you're on the way to a regular destination and you encounter a detour, road closed, accident scene, or construction, you're very unlikely to be in or remain in autopilot mode. In fact, I remember this happening to me quite some time ago. I was on the way to work and suddenly found myself aggressively applying the brakes on my car. I guess the car in front of me slowed down early while they were approaching the stoplight and I had to react. In summary, to assist you with moving from the emotional side of your brain to the logical, use the count backward approach. Once you've done that, it should help you back out of what if and into what next. Meaning, evaluate the situation perhaps the email, voicemail, or task at hand, and determine the best course of action, then move forward. You can always seek support from someone on your team. This is called a peer check. Hey, Barry, I'd like a quick peer check on something. I've got this situation, and I'm planning to handle it this way. Do you understand the situation the same way I do and agree with my plan? Or, hi, I received this customer communication and intend to respond as follows. Please review over both and let me know if this addresses the matter and that it's not too strongly worded. In these two cases, it can be natural to feel funny or uneasy to ask for help or a peer check. After you do it a couple times, you'll become more comfortable. As you see the differences in recommendations from your colleagues, you might be able to level up your game just a little. That can give you a confidence boost and in turn, you might be able to offer other colleagues a peer check from time to time. 
Just getting someone else's point of view or opinion can get us out of a stuck state. It can get us out of a what-if mindset. We've covered so much great stuff here. Let's do a recap. How you can transform from the emotional mindset of what-if to the actionable mindset of what's next. The importance of prioritizing your time, energy, and effort. Watching out for and being aware of decision fatigue. The ability to take action is based on the ability to make decisions. And moving out of an emotional state to a logical one. I see here, looking over my notes, that reminds me. I think I owe you a few more tips on shifting from an emotional state back to a logical one. By the way, they're not mine. Just some techniques and information I picked up along the way. I'm not a doctor, so if you need medical assistance or counseling, rather than following these steps, please seek it appropriately. We've already covered counting backwards. The next one is the deep breath approach. When you recognize or feel an overwhelming emotional state coming on, you can try this. Pause what you're doing and slowly inhale as deeply as you can through your nose. Then slowly blow out through your slightly open mouth. It's a trigger mechanism to get your body to get out of sync with the current state and do a reboot, if you will. I'm a computer guy, so I like to use that term. The final one also uses breathing, but it's slightly different. Inhale slowly, but as deeply as you can, then hold. Then release out of your mouth, similar to the first. These two breathing exercises are meant to break the body's natural rhythm or state. It signals an interruption to the current state and can help you get back to a logical frame of mind. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and go over to craigansell.com forward slash email right now. You can type that into your internet browser or click the links in the show notes. We are preparing to launch something really special at the end of the month. It's going to be a great complement to your Career Growth Made Easy Toolkit. In today's world, there's so much uncertainty in the job market, you should use every tool available so you can get an edge up on the competition and turn what if into what's next. P.S. We've had a flood of new listeners and email subscribers come in recently. If that's you, please let me give you a sincere and hearty thank you. The more people that connect to us, the more people we can help. If you have a particular career challenge or fork in the road that you need help navigating, please reach out to me directly. I'm here to help. You can reply to any of our emails and they'll get forwarded over to me, or you can email me directly at craig at craigansell.com. That's craig at craigansell.com. I wish you peace, health, and happiness. You can find us on social media at Craig Ansell for LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll talk to you next week.